Yes, sir. yes, sir. The man wanted to ride. What did he do? Swing down, sweet jazz. If you feeling my vibe, then we can all just ride. If you want to get down, then we can all just ride. All my people, throw your hands up high and just ride. Where you're from, east side to west side, just ride. All my people from uptown to downtown. From Cali to NY, you know we all. From the floor to key to DP, just ride. Hey, everybody. It's Jason with Ryan. How you doing, Ryan? Good, Jason. How are you? Doing all right. Uh, so, yep, uh, everybody, bayheightspod at gmail.com, at bayheightspod on Twitter and Instagram. Just uh, please re- review and subscribe if you like what you hear. Uh, tell your friends about us. Been going now for it's kind of close to a couple of months now I, when I was looking at this list. So uh, it's, been a, it's been a good run. It's, it's, I feel like uh, just nice little learnings, at least like in communication and even just the technology we're using. So it's been a uh, it's been a nice little journey. Yeah, no, it's been yeah. uh, it's been fun. I feel like we're getting better. I mean, I know we are. Um, the feedback that I've been getting. So, cool. Just keep at it, man. We um, what I never shared was I got a bit of feedback about Kyle Lowry. It was just very light comments, nothing overt, mm. but it was just uh, the general. Just it's it's a kind of a controversial point. Like I'm hearing some people say, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer, and I'm hearing some say, no, there's no way he should be in the Hall of Fame. So, um. Yeah, well, we'll find out. Um, but it's just uh, that one sort of yeah, hit some people. But so um, I uh, wanted to bring up with you kind of the corollary to the to the pod we did about right team, right time, where we covered some players where they really benefited from just getting put into good situations you know, early on in the career, and then they just sort of rode that rocket right up to the top and kind of. You know, um, like one of the guys came to mind was Dwayne Wade. You got put into a good situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so I wanted to also talk about kind of the, some guys who they were just ended up on the wrong team at the wrong time. Like, you know, because some players, they get ragged on. They say, well, so-and-so underachieved or this player didn't really, he just wasn't that good. But I argue that there are just some players, and I think you agree that there's just some players where, you know, victim of circumstance where mm-hmm. – it would be nice if people can rise above it, but sometimes it doesn't work. There's just too many things kind of that went against them. So kind of like um, there's a couple guys in my mind. I just want to see. So who, who, uh, one of the guys, what do you, who do you have in mind? Well, first of all, I hate you for saying corollary because I tried <laughs> to use that word like three podcasts ago and just had a major brain fart. So, okay. Good on you. It's just, it's just okay. such a money word. Um <laughs> I've got so I'll I'll hit you with my kind of my first one and it's a group of three because and I don't even know if they are um, wrong player wrong team wrong time type of thing because I don't Wait. know if they were yeah. kind of like we talked about um, you know we we talked about how David Robinson was gonna get his defensive player awards and his 20 and tens, no matter kind of where he was. I'm not okay. sure if these guys would have done better under any circumstances, but the reason why I bring them up is because I remember this period. I remember growing up. I remember being fans of all of them, but specifically this one player, um, Anthony Hardaway, Penny Hardaway. Okay. And then uh, Grant Hill. And then a few years later, Vince Carter, but the the Grant Hill and Penny Hardaway. I remember they were all stars at the same time. Okay. And MJ was still winning championships, right? He was still okay. winning league MVPs, and yet these guys were crowned as 
I mean, it was a death blow. They were That's oh, true. the next Michael. They were the, the next, next Michael Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just a terrible label. The media and was Vince trying so hard. That, yeah. Yes, exactly. And Vince got that label after. I think Vince actually kind of got it before the, Kobe. The challenge maybe, for but... Vince. Yeah, you're right. People were kind of looking at Vince mm-hmm. a bit more like that than Kobe. Like Vince was, because um, Vince played at North Carolina, right? And uh, of I think he even broke Jordan's records. I'm not sure. I'm not yeah. sure about that, but there were the comparisons. But yeah, sorry, keep going. Well, that was just it, right? Penny Hardaway, Grant Hill, Vince Carter, three guys yeah. who were um, pegged to be the next Michael Jordan, just things you don't say. But I guess it worked out fine for Kobe Bryant, LeBron James. And you know, okay. now we're talking about Durant and possibly Giannis now. Um, so, but yeah, it was just too soon. I mean, Penny, I kind of saw. I mean, I wanted to see it because I was a huge Orlando Magic fan, and I wanted to believe it. Even though he was a point guard, um, he had Shaq, he had that athleticism. Um, he wasn't. He certainly wasn't built like a point guard. He was really tall, really long. Mm. Um, probably should have been more of a scorer than try and be an engager. But um, and then Grant Hill, I believe at the time, I think. I think Grant Hill was the youngest rookie to start for an NBA All-Star team. And then Kobe Bryant just became the youngest All-Star period. Uh, I mm. might have that wrong, but um, yeah, so I don't, I just don't know. I'm actually brought up Penny, Grant and Vince. And okay. I don't know how good that's they a were, good point. Right? Pe- Penny, Penny was yeah. injury stricken. So it was really hard for me to gauge his career because his prime was I don't even think he hit his prime before his injuries came. No. I yeah. mean, when he went to Phoenix, Grant kind of mm, just plateaued. And Vince, I actually don't know when Vince stopped being an elite player. He's been in the league so long that yeah. I really forget when he just started being a journeyman. I have to assume it was in the um, in the Nets years, maybe yeah. towards the tail end. but. It's- I, I don't okay. know if these guys could have helped any championship teams if, if or if you could build a team around these guys. It's um, Vince is going to the Hall of Fame. I think we know that. I think we agree on yeah. that. Yeah. Grant, mm, he might be one of those guys. Remember we talked about the Hall of Fame guys. If you wait long enough, you might be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> so Grant, Grant Hill might yeah. be one of those guys. Penny, okay. mm, no, nah, but... No, I guess what we're discussing now is could have these guys, I mean, were they in the wrong team at the wrong time? Could they have won? Uh, I'm just not sure. Yeah. The, um, so Penny, like, uh, wrong time, wrong team. I think Penny got a shot. Um, and I mean, he made it to these conference finals. They beat the bulls. I mean, get to the finals. Sorry. I got to the finals, the finals. Um, beat the bulls. Like he had a shot. Um, and like they got him Shaq. They got him Grant Hill. I mean, I, I got him, sorry, Grant Hill. And sorry, he was, no, 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 no. That was Tracy McGrady. Sorry. Like he was already gone by then. Right. So. Um, oh yeah. He was already in Phoenix, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Him, right. and, him and McGrady never played. No. So like, I think he had shot there. And I think like, I mean, I think Shaq had questioned um, Penny's kind of motor, like how mm-hmm. driven this guy is. And, if Shaq, if that was okay, granted, there's the big draw of the Lakers and it's Mystique and it's LA. But if it was an if it was a really great team, I just you know I think that you know once you have a really great team that you don't historically a lot of players don't really leave that kind of situation and Shaq left right. So I um, 
I kind of, I kind of wonder if maybe we got the best we could have gotten out of Penny, but yeah, um, with Grant Hill, uh, to be honest, I don't know. I don't remember enough about his kind of the time in Detroit um, and like his whole arc. I mean, for the most part, he did a good enough job of just adapting to what, you know, affected his career. But like, um, I also, yeah, I guess, you know, to be honest too, I'm a bit, uh, just disclosure, I'm a bit biased because like there was that period where after the Bulls 3P, I uh, just kind of like, I'm sort of watching, I'm sort of not. Like I'm in like the tail end mm -hmm. of high school. I'm focusing on like my, I was like part-time job and like I was also getting ready for university. And um, and then after that, I was out of the country. So there's that stretch of time where I can't say I, I really remember watching all that much of Grant Hill um, and Penny beyond just his uh, season against the Rockets there in that final. With Vince, um, it's uh, I did kind of allude to it in the, the top 25 Raptors pod where Vince, um, like I didn't think it was a great organization then for him. They weren't really giving him good enough players and coaches. And it was just like not that – it's not really – it was a little dysfunctional. So – it's there is a point to be made there. You do wonder, like, if he'd been drafted by another kind of great organization, would it have been better? But I kind of think we got Vince, like, for what he is. He's a guy who cared a lot about basketball, but he wasn't, he's not wired like a maniac where he's like a bit insane about the game. Like, he wants, he loves the game and plays with joy. He's like, he's a bit like Steph Curry without the, the, like, insane talent like he's just mm -hmm. naturally athletically gifted but i think that like had vince been on another team like he might have reacted a bit the same way as a young guy who maybe couldn't handle the pressure of being the man on a on a team um and i think yeah you were kind of saying that on the top 25 and i still view him as better than bosch and not we're not going to relitigate that kind of thing because i think like he's still like an a-list talent but i just mean in terms of whether his circumstances kind of stifled his full potential. I think that his like, whether I don't, I, I maybe I hesitate to use the word work ethic because he definitely has to be pretty diligent given how much work it takes to maintain yourself for that long. But um, I, I thought we got as good a version of Vince as we were really going to get had regardless of the team he was bent on. Um, but would he have won rings? You know, maybe that would be the argument. That's possible. So, so but, again, the, the the reason why I really like the two thousand and six Miami Heat, uh, Dwayne Wade's okay. first one, I think it's oh six, yeah, is because we've we've seen that's the perfect example of you know Alonzo Mourning, Gary Payton, Antoine Walker, just you know former All Stars, former, hmm. um, I well, but real Antoine, pros, but real pros. Hall of Fame potential Hall of Famers Hall of Fame careers up until that point and still enough in the tank. So yeah, yeah a healthy Penny Hardaway. Um Grant Hill became like an all-star like six years, seven years after his last all-star appearance. I don't know if you remember that, but he oh. had uh he had one freak year that he just came back and I think it was circumstantial that it was um you know, it was a feel-good story that Grant Hill kind of returned to all-star form, right? And um, okay. so there's, you know, you can't tell me that there's not a scenario that guys like that can get lucky and appear on a team and just willing to accept their, you know, kind of their six, 
eight, 12 minutes a game, you know, yeah. at the most and, and be part of a championship team, you know, still be productive, but guys, you're not starting, you're not getting starters minutes. So do you want to be part of this? Because we got a really good shot of winning a championship. So they were definitely good enough to be on teams like that. Right. Okay. Um, but they just, again, <laughs> like the title of this podcast, wrong time, wrong team, <laughs> wrong era, wrong everything. Right. It just, just wasn't, just wasn't for them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, it's, if it's okay, I'm going to go into one of my, my first players. Mm-hmm. I got a uh, RJ Barrett. <laughs> Very oh, recent. Wow. Cause yeah. I just think like, so for those who are not like hoops heads following like the, even the high school guys, like he was a five-star recruit, all McDonald's, all American. He was being touted like before he started college that he would, that he would, um, be a, you know, the prospect of number one overall pick. So when he, when Duke recruited him first, like that, he was the prize for college basketball. And so that was great that Duke got him. When Zion, when they got Zion, Zion wasn't really considered a proven commodity at that point because he was playing in South Carolina. He'd been, he hadn't been like on the circuit, like playing like all that elite level competition, right? In in AOU and all that stuff. So people saw some really great highlights. They just kind of were saying, well, Let's see him do it at Duke. Well, then he did it at Duke. And then, so then, um, and then, you know, he became the number one guy. And John Morant came kind of out of nowhere. Well, I hadn't heard of John Morant until like, kind of like the the first half of 2019, where all of a sudden now he's up, he's up there. And so RJ kind of like, he people kind of give him a bit short shrift just because he fell two spots, but he was the guy that was highly touted. He'd kind of done very well for Team Canada. And the thing too, I think that like when Zion was really blowing up in Duke, just RJ Barrett was just there very supportive of Zion, just very like engaged. He didn't just, you know, cause that happens with young guys, especially when you lose that kind of attention. And it's just, you wouldn't have been necessarily surprised if any other college player who was supposed to be the best guy on the team, all of a sudden got kind of put aside and was like, oh, okay, like, and developed a bit of an attitude, but he wasn't right. He was still just very much a good teammate. So we know what kind of character is, we know what kind of skill he has. Now the Knicks, like within his first couple of years, they're changing the coach, they're changing the GM. Like Dave, they was David Fisdale and I actually forget who the coach is now, to be honest. And then, um, you know, that's now Leon Rose's coming board. Like, sorry, in, in, before we get there, it's like RJ Barrett in his rookie season, they signed five point forwards. So, I mean, that one year they're signing to multiple year contracts, Taj Gibson, Julius Randall, Bobby Portis. It was just like good enough players, but you just, a team is the, assemb- the assembly of all this talent, right? They also kept on Frankie Nick Nicolina, right? The other point guard. Mm-hmm. And so now RJ has to com- you know, quasi compete for a spot. He's going to kind of look over his shoulder because there's not like a situation with like Shea Gildress Alexander, who he's not really competing with Chris Paul. Like Chris Paul is a veteran and he's like a Hall of Famer. So she gets to learn from him. And Chris Paul has been like his mentor. Frankie's still trying to cut himself, kind of cut his place in the league. So he and RJ are really kind of competing. And RJ, I mean, this is not a great situation for just a rookie to be in. And he's in like the biggest media market in the world, which is great if you're already established. But if you're not established and you got all your mistakes have to be, you know, on blast, it's like, I don't know, that's so great. Dave Fisdale, I remember one point he was being questioned about like, RJ Barrett's minutes and about load management, Dave Fisdale sort of just brushed that off. Like Fisdale, I'm not sure that he's that great. Um, for whatever reason, the league came out in support of him when the Grizzlies fired him and like players who'd never even played for Fisdale. And I don't know, I don't really want to 
speculate too much as to why they were so supportive of him, but that's two different stops now where it doesn't look like he really produced anything good. And the fact that too, like what players in the league and the media, like who kind of, they kind of overlooked was Marcus Gasol is not necessarily a bad, he's not really a bad guy. He's generally a good teammate, right? He's, I'm told that I'm like, no, I'm told, I, I understand from like, I heard that he will, maybe he's a little bit, um, picky a little bit of a perfectionist like he's a very like intelligent player so if you're not really it's a bit like Kyle Lowry like if you're not running at a certain level he's mm-hmm. going to get irritated if you're not playing the game in a certain way you're going to get irritated and so like when he's clashing with somebody who he it's like and he's up but he's not like a um temperamental guy like Andrew Andrew Bogut I picture being temperamental like like Marcus all like if he didn't get along with Dave Fisdell, kind of to me, it was a, a yellow flag on Dave Fisdell. But for whatever reason, the media wasn't portraying it that way. So now he's the coach yeah. in New York for a bit. So overall, like that, just we haven't heard much from RJ Barrett in the season. I just think it's because he's in such a bad team and he's such a bad situation, bad bad ownership, bad management. Now I don't know. Let's find out what Leon Rose can do. Um, but like the best thing for RJ is to hopefully just get traded out into a, a better situation. Because um, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, the yeah. good thing about the Knicks is, I mean, I mean, look at Brooklyn. I mean, they just, I don't know, man. These some of these big market teams, they can just they're, it's like they're fail proof. Like they they seemingly have ten bad years, and then, I mean, I'm hearing things that Jason Kidd might be their next coach, and okay. he's instant credibility, right? People forget that Jason Kidd's probably when it's all said and done. He's going to have a pretty decent coaching career. Um, yeah. And I don't think he would just go to an organization that isn't serious about winning and doesn't get the players that he wants. Um, so, you know, a Jason kid comes along, maybe another draft pick or a trade or mm. something. And next thing you know, he's in a bit better position. And the good thing about New York right now, it is so laughable. I have some friends from New York and, mm. you know, they just, it's you know that's that's kind of New York when you're a, a Jets fan, a Giants fan, um, and I guess a Knicks fan. Uh, Buffalo doesn't even count, but um, but yeah, it's it's like they're yeah, it is a media hotbed. Yeah, it, people are under the microscope, but it's it's almost laughable right now that they're able to. No one's expecting anything, right? Even though the the media the media temperature is always on high, no doubt about that. But at the same time, the expectation is so low that I think he could still thrive under there, but you're right. If I'm him, if I'm his agent, if I'm anyone that cares about this guy, it's, you know, do what you can become highly touted and yeah. get your ass out of there. Especially if a coaching change, like the size, like Jason Kidd like, is a significant yeah. coaching change. And if yeah. within two to three years, nothing's happening, then you're right. I'm convinced New York is just, yeah. you know. I, I wasn't aware crazy. of that rumor. And if he can get kid, I think that would be a real boon for him. Yes. I mean, um, yeah. for sure. Uh, but in general, like my concern is you've pretty much addressed it, but if they can get kid is because up to now, like when you're, even if you get a lot of playing time, if you don't get meaningful minutes and if you don't get great development, like coaching and training, you're just not going to develop into a great player and it's so important that it happens in the first few years mm-hmm. yeah otherwise it just gets tougher right like there's just yeah. competition starts surpassing you so it matters at this point so anyway that's that's my take on rj um that's interesting any other any other before i go on to the next guy sorry what's that well the funny thing with our uh 
with um with RJ was um yeah, I mean he was I mean he was getting a lot of media attention here. Um oh my god, we're gonna have another Canadian first overall. Hopefully he doesn't <laughs> flounder like <laughs> the other guy. Um yeah. and then March Madness comes along and he's yeah. dropping to like seventh. Like what the heck happened, right? Uh, um through nothing through I don't think anything through his own fault. Um, but I guess it's very yeah. similar to like an NFL combine. Okay. I mean, you get these guys who are Heisman Trophy winners or runner up, and then next thing you know, some team doesn't like the way he bench pressed or ran okay. the forty. He was off. And next thing you know, you're dropping like thirty spots. It's you know, it's such a crapshoot. We've talked about the lottery before, but I mean, yeah, yeah. he's um, that's the only thing I wanted to add. I just remember him being number one, and then. Yeah, you know, yeah. number one. Maybe you'll go in the second round. What? What just happened? <laughs> um, I think if uh, – I hope uh, – I'm rooting for him because he seems like a good guy. Um, just yes, used he him in interviews, and I think he would just represent Team Canada well. So I'm rooting for him. If he doesn't – if it just doesn't work out for him, like it did, like say a, like an Emmanuel Moutier who actually just left the Knicks like before him, like who was also highly touted when he was younger, um, like – you know, it won't necessarily surprise me. It's really hard to succeed. Mm-hmm. And if you get put into a bad situation, um, you know, it could, that could kind of be it. And that's the whole point of this podcast. Cause that's, that's where I just see fate really dealing you a hand. Um, yeah. I'm going to go into the, to the next guy at this mm-hmm. point. Um, LeBron James, <laughs> because <laughs> I think that the greatness of LeBron, like we, like he literally in terms of, ability intellect like as a player he is just on another level like the reason why i'm saying that is because when you look at where he got drafted by cleveland who hadn't won a ring since i can't remember when um they obviously famously broke the curse in 2016. they like like uh, we didn't really hear about cleveland at all like well okay i mean since jordan beat them went before i was really following basketball Mm -hmm. but but like other than that, like when he, during his time in Cleveland, he didn't make the playoffs for the first few years, and people say, "Oh, it's LeBron." But well, okay, who was his Hall of Fame coach? Who was his Scotty? Who was his like? He didn't have like when he was playing. He played for Mike Brown, who yeah, like he got some head coaching jobs after, but he got those coaching jobs because he looked successful because he was with LeBron. I don't yeah. really know if Mike Brown was was all that accomplished before and after he coached LeBron. Um, his general manager was Darren and Dan Ferry. I think it might've been some other guys too. Like the trades, the players that they were getting, I wasn't, I, I thought that LeBron was pretty much carrying. Okay. They weren't scrubs. I think that that's a bit of a misnomer that in 2007, when they made the finals that, that, oh, he had nobody, like they were decent, but like at the end, like it was a testament to more his ability to take this team that none of them were all-stars. Right. Um, and actually, I'm trying to think like who his all stars were in that first running. I, I guess Mo know. Williams. Mo Williams. Yes, yeah. that's about. But you're it. right. I'd... Yeah, sorry, I don't mean to interject, but yeah, people people sleep on that series against the Pistons. That yeah, like I know you don't get rings for. Well, I th- I think you do in the NFL. I think you get an AFC okay. uh, conference okay. ring or an NFC conference ring. But I mean. <laughs> I've never seen one man destroy like another <laughs> team the way he did Detroit. Well, I you're sorry, LeBron did it twice. Detroit and then Toronto. Um, the last time he oh, swept yeah. Toronto. Well, I mean the that, one difference. Just, yeah. 
Yeah. So to, to me, it's like this guy's in the Hall of Fame when he when he took when so, he beat Detroit and he was and then yeah he got swept against the uh, against the Spurs, but it didn't matter, man. I mean, he was if he, he was going to be a lamb to the slaughter, he did it in the most boss way ever, which was just like destroy these men. He was still a kid in twenty yeah. in, so, in two thousand seven. So Cleveland, right? Really, no great coach. No great all-stars. Mo Williams became an all-star because, like, he was playing with LeBron. He didn't make any all-star teams when he wasn't playing with LeBron. He didn't – I didn't really know what he did before and after that run in Cleveland. Um, then LeBron goes to Miami. So, Eric Spolstra, we do credit him, like, great coach in that he's had a great tenure in Miami. He's made the playoffs a bunch of times when he wasn't expected to. You use They're that term we loosely. Okay. But, like – You credit he, Eric Spolstra. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, around the league, people kind of give him credit. Like he, he would, I know. He would I'm, take I'm these underman teams. Guy. But he, uh, but I don't, but he's not on the level of like a Phil Jackson, Greg Pop, or Pat mm-hmm. Riley, right? So why, why mm-hmm. do, why are we evaluating LeBron as having these great coaches? Now, some people, some people will say, well, LeBron likes to sort of domineer his coaches and the GMs. Yeah. yeah but like if, if you're this really great talent in your office and your manager doesn't know what he's doing, it's not that you're going to go out of your way to domineer him. It's just that you see the project kind of falling, kind of going off the rails. You need to sort of steer it back on track. And so if he's playing with these guys, playing for these guys who aren't actually as smart as him, then he has to sort of take things over. He's like, why are we making this trade? It doesn't make sense. Now, like, I get it. A great GM like Dave, uh, Griffin, Dave Griffin there in the second run in Cleveland, which we'll get back to in a second, is they will have the, the strength, but also the intellect to be able to say, no, LeBron, that's not right. This is why you have this vision. Spolstra, he, um, um, yeah, like, uh, yeah, I think I alluded to this in the previous podcast. He didn't uh, make the playoffs, like, past the second round after LeBron left. He hasn't really done anything that's necessarily of mm-hmm. note. So, like, you talk about two runs here, which are kind of, for any other player, they really would have been, like, a Vince Carter run in Toronto or a Chris Bosh run in Toronto or, like, a, uh, I'm trying to think of some other runs where they kind of, like, the Joe Johnson Hawks, like, Kind of that's what these were, except that LeBron was so good, he was actually able to bring these teams farther than they were really going to go, and in, in three cases, actually win some rings. So, I mean, it's amazing to me that he actually achieved anything in that first 10 years, like what he did. I'm not saying he wouldn't have ended up with rings. He, we, like, he was that good, but he would have. And But, like, he, um, I, I think that if we're going to compare him to guys like Kobe and Jordan and Shaq, uh, Shaq kind of was fortunate to get traded into a good situation or signed with the Lakers. But like these other kind of all timers, like Kobe had Phil Jackson for the majority of his career. He played with Shaq. He played with Horace Grant. He played with uh, like um, um, Derek Fisher and just these other really good players. He played for a great owner and a great GM and Jerry Buss and Mitch Kupchak. Then you had Jordan who had like the greatest rebounder ever. One of the best Mm -hmm point forwards ever, one of the best coaches ever, and in my opinion, one of the top five general managers ever. So like, isn't that different? So I think like LeBron, he, we, he, we didn't get the best, we actually didn't get the best version of LeBron. So that's kind of why I mentioned him. So LeBron did more with less compared to Jordan and Kobe, is what you're saying. Uh, no, he didn't do more with less. He just didn't achieve because I mean, it's it, it is objective that Kobe and um, Jordan just achieved more. I mean, okay, in an individual sense, like individual stats, we'll find. I mean, we're already seeing that LeBron 
will have will have achieved more individual accomplishments yeah. than both of them. But in terms of uh, like the team results is which what we go for, like because it's a team sport. Yeah. He he didn't achieve everything that he could have. His potential was not fully reached. But it's a story, and I just I just think it's worth mentioning. Um, wrong time, wrong Because uh, I'm just asking you because uh, I just didn't know if that was a, a point of agreement. Because I think when it's all said and done, I think he will have done more with less. Um, he didn't. Well, okay. <laughs> he, he, Kobe, yeah, LeBron. I don't think he. I think he had okay. to. So in, you're right. Individually. Um, I think he's the most physically gifted of the three, just genetics, body yeah. type, and, you know, assuming they all can score at will, which they all kind of yeah. did in their own way and did other things. But, um, yeah, for all the reasons that you just said, I mean, Cleveland, um, it's like not even, it's not even the third <laughs> best city in the state. And, <laughs> and you got, um, and you got Kobe who plays, you know, like he, you're right, Kobe, Kobe especially, and you left out some players too because I remember that I think they traded Eddie Jones to get Glenn Rice as oh, yeah. like, hey man, you're gonna get, you're gonna be the third scorer. I mean, Glenn Rice, like I think he just came <laughs> off that insane um, NBA All Star game where he scored like 40 points in one quarter, something like that. So Glenn Rice was <laughs> not a guy to sleep on. That was that yeah. was such a that was such an underrated um, move at the time and. Um, so yeah, Lakers and, and Chicago were making moves like that, and you're right. Yeah. I mean, LeBron had like, hey, we're gonna get Anthony Parker from the Raptors, go win the <laughs> yes. ring, right? So, and yeah. Kobe had a chance to sit on the bench and learn from pros and develop into mm -hmm. what would become like the Black Mamba, right? So whereas yes. LeBron was expected to just lead this team from his rookie year and start dunking on men, right? Yep. So yep. it's a different situation. Yep. Exactly. I just think that it wasn't great. I think if LeBron yeah. had ended up like, say, say that the lottery kind of just got jumbled up a bit differently and he got drafted by Denver or by Miami, I think we would have seen a different career for LeBron. Yeah, you know, like Toronto, the Denver Nuggets right? team. Mm -hmm. Toronto, yeah. um, Toronto still hadn't really got its act together. It's hard for me to really gauge what would have happened if Toronto drafted him. I mean, Toronto sure would have been, obviously, uh, they definitely would have been playoff perennials. Um, but, uh, but he for would sure, have like the country, he would have had the country embrace him, right? Which would have been, um, yeah, yeah. Been I mean, cool. I don't, it, I guess so. It just, uh, I maybe that's a whole other podcast. What would have happened if LeBron was drafted by Toronto? Maybe we can actually just talk that one out because <laughs> yeah. I, it's just freezing my brain. I can't really imagine it. Um, yeah, let's actually do that. We'll do that another day. But okay, Denver, it's a very well run team. Um, and Miami, very well run team. Right, like just you hear about like the the way the office is and how the ownership is. Like yeah. Stan Kroenke in Denver, he basically runs that very efficiently, <laughs> for better yeah. or worse. Like he's married to the Walton family with the you know the founders of Walmart, so he knows oh, how to know that. run a cost efficient business. And then yeah. um, so so, but then you know they've always kind of put out a pretty pretty well oiled machine. They've never been horrendous, so you know that they just hadn't really had the draft luck. I mean, they had a really mm -hmm. good run with Carmelo, but. And then with Miami, with with Pat as head coach, because he was head coach at that time, I think that we, I think that would have been a real difference in LeBron's career. And so, if if I'm understanding your argument, you're saying that a different team here, a couple more All Stars here, and LeBron's having more of a career that 
really a, a player of his caliber should be having, right? More rings, more well, um, more more, talking... more sixty win seasons, maybe okay. more finals For... appearances that maybe he doesn't win, but just um, My... he's getting more out of his teams than as opposed to just him kind of doing it all himself for a lot of those years. Those results, more likely, but let's just step back for a second. My, my emphasis is more on the inputs, like a better, mm. say, staff that's got maybe better, like the video, what do you call those guys who put the videos together, who like yeah. train harder, who are not, who are going to hold their players accountable, who are organized, they know what trades and what draft picks they want to make, like who just know what they're doing 12 months, 24 months, 36 months out, you know, mm. those guys, well-owned machines. And not all the teams are like that, and certainly not in 2003. Yeah. So, okay, and I'll, I'll get to the, the last guy we, won't, we don't need to go too deep into, but also relatively recent, Lonzo Ball. Um, I think it was oh, just really wow. unfortunate. I, I really like that guy. I think he's a good guy. and I, think he's I like him too. But I think that it's just such an unfortunate way he had to come into the league. Put his, put, let's not talk about his dad because that's a whole other – if we want, we can do something <laughs> else on him, but I don't have that much to say about him. But in terms of his – he gets drafted in at a time when Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka – neither of whom have ever actually run a team. One guy who wasn't even actually in the league. Um, and Magic, who is showing that I think he like had a pretty lackluster run as a coach even. They're running this team. They draft him. And then the first press conference, Magic is already kind of pumping him up, saying, I want to see his jersey up in the rafters. Like he hasn't even played it in NBA games. I don't know what's going on there. That's not exactly the – you don't do that with a, a rookie player. Okay. Yeah. Then, yeah, maybe. Like, it's just not – like, you wouldn't – that's not how you groom a talent. Okay, yeah, we're going to put all yeah. this pressure on you. Secondly – but with that said, I, I get it. He's been playing under his uh, LeVar Ball, his dad. Like, so he dealt with all kinds of pressure. But I'm just saying it just showed you magic wasn't – he didn't really have a plan. He's like, okay, I got the player there. Now I'll just go do it. And then the teammates he had during that time, I'm just rattling off a few. KCP, like um, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Tyler Ennis from Canada. Derek Williams, who was good in college in Arizona, but he never really found a stride in the NBA. Old man Channing Frye, and then like old man Andrew Bogut were different players he played with. Like the team was kind of floundering. It was it was sort of meant to flounder in that first year because that was the year that they kept thinking they were going to get LeBron the following year. So it was not like the team was really all that invested in, in getting the like developing these players. Like who is the who are the real veterans? Where are they, what meaningful minutes are they playing? They're playing in this media market that's scrutinizing everything. Co Coach Luke Walton, like. Okay, he got a lot of credit because he was handling the Warriors during that 73-9 and nine season when Kerr was out. Or maybe I'm getting the years mixed up. But anyway, no, 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 Kerr that's, was that's out. the right year. That's the right okay. year. Okay, so, so he was getting a lot of credit because they won a, what did it, a really high number of games then. Mm -hmm. um, and so then he goes to this Lakers job. Good for him. But I don't know if Luke is a great coach. He didn't. Like he didn't win the respect of LeBron. He was out. He's in Sacramento. I'm not sure that Sacramento's really thriving under Luke. So then, then, then they saw then all the stuff where, like, when LeBron's coming to LA, okay, maybe that's going to be good for him. Except that then it became around, okay, how are we going to trade all these players for Anthony Davis? So in your second year in the league, you're you're being, like, you're just being tested. Now I'm not saying that any of this should be an excuse to not show up, be professional, do your work that's what you're getting paid for and overcome the odds. I'm not saying that at all, but I am saying that you compare that with Shade Gildress Alexander, I use him again, who was drafted by the Clippers playing at a dock in a stable system, stable environment, good coaching, good training, good teammates like Pat Bev and Montrez and all these other veterans who are going to keep you like, keep you on schedule, keep you in order. And so you learn from them. 
I don't know what Lonzo was really learning from anybody there. And then mm -hmm. finally he gets to New Orleans and maybe this might be kind of the establishment of his career. Now he's playing under David Griffin's or Pelicans where he's getting to lob to Zion and really good chemistry. He got a mix of veterans there with JJ Redick, who's going to coach, coach up these guys. So like maybe like well, it's quite early in his career. So maybe, um, it all, when all is said and done, he will have found a way to thrive. Kind of like how Kyle Lowry had to have a few stops before he made his, mm -hmm. found his stride. But um, at least up to this point, I think Lonzo, his, like his trajectory got stifled just because of how he yeah. came into the league. So wrong yeah. team, wrong time. So, all right, man. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know much to add to that. I was just wondering if I could throw in one more player. That's yeah, okay. I've kind of always, always been on my radar. Sure. And I just saw the um, Michael Vick 30 for 30, which was, I mean, most 30 for 30s okay. are, are great. Yeah. Um, and I actually didn't know that they uh, were from the same state, <clears throat> okay. similar backgrounds and pretty much similar. I mean, apart from the whole dogfighting scandal, um, just a lot of money, a lot of blown money, a lot of controversy, a lot of trouble. Okay. Um, Allen Iverson, I just think okay. that okay. point guards were very... Um, they were very slotted. They were very, you know, they, they, to, to, to quote the rock, they, they know, knew their role and shut their mouths. They were, they weren't first options. They weren't shoot first guys. They were, you know, how to incorporate other players, um, facilitate the ball to the stars, facilitate the ball to the bigs. I mean, the MVP award, the, it was just, it was just a big man's award unless your name was Michael okay. Jordan. And that all changed when Allen Iverson came to the league. Once he won that MVP award, it was like he did everything wrong. You know, he he was selfish. He was a scorer. He but then years later, he's so revered. He's like, oh my God, it's it's the reason why we have James Harden, Russell, and 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 Curry. We have all these guys who just are first option scorers, and you know, it's they're and now today's scoring. So today's MVP award winners and today's scoring title winners, it's because of Allen Iverson that they're not considered selfish. They're just, you know, Allen Iverson well, kind of broke broke down that door. And I, I just think okay. that I mean I don't think I know that that the that Allen Iverson just completely blew up the expectation and what a what what can be done at the point guard level. But so how is that? How is he on the wrong time? Wrong so, time. The wrong time. Okay. Like, well, we, we so know Philadelphia why. drafts him number one. Philadelphia like, drafts him number one, and they they give him no one. I think okay. Allen Iverson's um, 01 Sixers was. I, I can't think of a better example of one player leading a team to the finals than Allen Iverson. To me, that's the standard bear, meaning one guy um, who did all the scoring, played all the defense, was the only heart and soul player. Um, I watched those games. I remember that series against Toronto. I watched that year. It was, I, I think that's the year, and there hasn't been a year since that it's been a one-player team. So that's why I think he was wrong time, wrong year, wrong everything. Now. I don't know. Well, it's a different. That's what if, I mean. I think it's a different. I think you're talking about he's maybe born. He's maybe in the wrong time for, for the time period. I don't know if he plays well with others. 
Well, that's I mean, the thing. He, that's why I, I, I don't because because really because we've seen him. We've seen him in Denver. Now he wasn't the same player in Denver that he was in Philadelphia, and that's the part I struggled with. A prime, healthy Allen Iverson, if he had a number two and a number three, could he have not been the wrong player? But 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 a fortuitous player who who did win a ring. That's the part that I struggled with. Or was Allen Iverson's game just not compatible? to to be part of a, a global basketball game that we see now so that's that's the part that i struggle with but i but i do pick him because the league still wasn't ready for a player of his caliber and his skill set and the way he scored at that position so he was but but that that's also that also makes him a martyr there had to be one he had to be the first guy there, there, there's always a first guy michael vick was the first guy alan iverson was the first guy um you know, kind of Dirk but, was the first center to kind of, you know, be this first option score three point specialist, right? So there's always Dirk a first. Won, right? and, Dirk had a very successful 20 year career. Yeah, Dirk had a team. Dirk had a team. Now Dirk also played Not well with points. others. And like Dirk, Dirk, Dirk also though, played well with others. So, so Dirk showed Alan up Iver practice. Like, would Allen Iverson have had? Like let's say he draft let's say he gets drafted on a different team like in two thousand in uh sorry in ninety um in ninety five or ninety seven I forget exactly draft no Allen Iverson would have been uh it would have been Allen Iverson number one Marcus Camby number two right is that the year I got right or Sharif might have been no Allen Allen was number one. I no, Allen Iverson was number one. I'm just trying to think he was number two and number three. I think it was Sharif and then Marcus Candy. Anyways, oh, go okay. On. So I guess what I'm getting at is, is that, like, do you really think that Allen would have had a different career and a different team if he was drafted onto a different team? Because I think that his personality, he got the career that he was going to have. He maxed out every game he played, but he didn't want to be – like do, he didn't want to be a businessman he didn't want to be professional the way every other player is today he didn't want to show Again, up to practice he didn't want to do the, the photo shoots struggle with mm -hmm. so like that's he achieved the, everything he was going with. to achieve you know well, what I mean? well well we we don't know that that's just the part i struggle with Maybe but that's no that's nothing to... no that i mean i mean okay uh so 2001 i mean who's to say that um Who's to say a Reggie Miller, an aging Reggie Miller, can't join that team and just be, you know, a decent second, second and a half option? Um, we, we'll never know because it was just him. It was him. It was McKee, not Aaron McKee. Um, I forget who was on that uh, 76ers team, but he did win best six man of the yeah. year. You had Dikembe like Mutombo, you had Eric Snow. I'm sorry, you had... It was it was a one man team. You'll never convince me. Otherwise. Yeah, I'm not denying that at all. But I'm just saying he right. achieved everything he was going to achieve given the way he was. Like, but, that's but we the don't whole know. Point, but though. but but the right player just never came along, and I he never was going to jive with them anyway. We don't know that. he just wasn't. This is the way he played. Like he just he 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 went to Denver and nothing happened. They didn't really do any. They didn't really do well. Okay, they made. Playoffs, he, I guess. I'm like, talking prime Allen Iverson, not injury three art, um, three ACL surgeries, whatever the hell he had. Arthur Scott. But that also shows is he just he was stubborn. I mean, for all the reasons that people respect him, he was also just going to hit his shelf, his limit. He wasn't going to adapt with age. He wasn't going to figure out a different way to play that, like other players figure. He just he didn't want to play the game. When I say the game, I mean 
you're not just playing basketball on a court like you do in a park when you join the NBA. You're a professional. You have to work with the trainers. You have to work with the coaches. You've got to fulfill your obligations. He just was distracted. Like, we're not going to go into his, his personal stuff, but, like, he just, like, I don't think I, – I, th- I don't think it was the head case in his MVP year. The only problem he had – that's not the MVP point. Year. Yeah, he had a good one season, so that's what I'm saying. He achieved everything he was really going to achieve given who he was, right? Like, I don't – that's not – like, you, I know you it's, – it's just not, like – that's like you're saying that he could have achieved more if he had a number two – and he was the type of guy who would welcome a number two and would share the ball and want to play with this guy. And that's just not, that's kind of, it's just creating an alternate person. It's not, not even Allen exactly. Iverson anymore. Okay, so, so suppose, suppose Ray Allen was on that team and he completely didn't pass the ball to Ray Allen. Then I think you'd have the argument, but he didn't have Ray Allen. He had Eric Snow. But I mean, then he, just, was, he was the same guy who we went to Denver and he had Carmelo there. He had J.R. Smith there. He, he had Dante again, Jones I'm talking, there. So we're, we're going in circles right now. I'm, I'm talking prime Allen Iverson, the island Allen Iverson, physical prime, scoring prime, zero help Allen Iverson. It, just, it, just, it was just the perfect storm. That's why I think he fits the criteria of this, of this podcast. The point we're making is that he's on that Sixers team. He gets to score a lot of points. That's what he wanted to do. He wanted to play the game his way, and he got to play the game his way. And he was really, really good, which is how he took a team that didn't have that many great players on it, took them to the finals and won a game and then lost to like a really well-run professional team. And then after that, I don't know if he even made it out of the first round after that, like after that year again. And like he, like he's just, he, he, whatever team he was going to get drafted to, he was going to not get along with the coach for periods of time. He was going to not show up to different practices and to different photo, like uh, media events. He was going to create all sorts of issues. He was going to get suspended. So he had the career he was going to have. Like it doesn't, I respect the guy. I absolutely admire him as a player, but like, it's not. This, this, this kind of goes back to our locker room guys thing, right? Like we weren't there. We don't know if he was that distraction. We don't know how big of a distraction he was. We know how good of a player he was. We know how, what little help he is. Again, just give him Ray Allen. Just give him Reggie Miller. Give him, give him a, a just a, a guy who um, just uh, leaks out and is a second option. Maybe he misses a couple in a row, and maybe now he knows. Hey, I've missed three in a row. I don't have to take this fourth straight shot. I got Ray Allen on my team. But he's not and wired that way. You we saw well, him okay, in Denver. We 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 don't know that. We we don't we saw know him that. in Detroit. We, I it's don't throughout his entire career. It didn't matter. I don't how know skilled. that. I don't know that. I don't think you know that either. He never had that come to him. Now, mm-hmm. statistic. And now you might be. You're probably more right. People will say that. Maybe Allen Iverson would say that if he had Allen Iverson. Sorry. Maybe he would say that if I had Ray Allen on my team, I still wouldn't pass the ball. That's might be entirely true. But again, you're only as loyal as your options. He had zero option. He was the first, second, third, fourth option. Um, yeah, but he played that same way every year of his career that he was in there. Like he was in Denver and he wasn't a scrub in Denver. He was a starter. He just played the same way. And then the Nuggets didn't really do anything until they got Chauncey Billups, who was a real professional. And then, and then Allen Iverson was in Detroit. He didn't really last there. He was again with real pros in Detroit. It was still the, the only person that was really gone was Chauncey. And then after that, besides that, they really still had a very similar team. He couldn't work with him there. And he went to Memphis after that. He was there for a few games. Like, 
he basically couldn't really stay on a team at that point because he wasn't willing to conform. He wasn't a professional. Great, great player, one of the all-time best players that ever lived. But in terms of like, like wrong time, wrong team. No, like it didn't really matter. We should. Like, he was. You can put him. He wasn't wired to want to be like a R.J. Barrett. And you go, oh, well, like, he just he wasn't gonna pass the ball. He wasn't gonna show up for practice when he wanted to. Like this, one of the reasons we all found him really amusing and we liked that is because we liked his his strength and his like his um like his internal strength that he that he wasn't gonna back down from a fight. He always played very hard. Every single time he was on the court, he played very hard. But like, it's not. It just isn't the same thing as like, because you're basically trying to create a new guy. We, I mean, it's it's no 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 no. I'm not. I'm 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 trying to say that we. He never got that opportunity. Now history will dictate that. Um, maybe he would not have played nice with others. So you have that going for you. But again, MVP Iverson. Um, Finals Iverson, if he had a legit second option, that's that's reason enough for me to speculate to. I mean, there's so many what ifs. I just consider this a real what if. I don't think that, you know, and, and he was young enough in his career where it made might have made a difference, right? It might have made a difference if he if he it's it, for for all the reasons you make about Alonzo Ball. I mean, um, what was it? Larry Brown was his first coach. I mean, I don't know if Larry Brown was a good coach or not. Maybe not the right one for Allen Iverson. I don't know. Maybe there would have been. Um, you can't tell me there aren't permutations in 2001 where Allen Iverson around this different coaching staff, different players. He didn't have more players around him. That's that's the wrong team at the wrong place. The Philadelphia. That's not just that, though. It's like. Even if you put those other players around him, he's gonna have the same. He's gonna like have a better career and everything. Yeah, you don't know. Of course, of course, you don't know. It's the same reason. Same reason you just talked about the other players you talked about. He was still Where's a good player York? in Denver. Right, but I'm talking about early in his career when he was, he was an all star in Denver. Prime. He was an all star right, in Denver, but, but he wasn't in his physical prime. I mean, the injuries piled up. If you want to. So his, his injuries actually started right away, Allen Iverson. He was supposed to be in the NBA dunk-off that year, and then he had a knee injury, I think, but a week that's before. Not, okay, 10 years into, the, into his career. So that's like uh, – it's, it's basically LeBron in, in the middle of his heat run, right? So like – So and, he's not he's, – he's more injury-prone than LeBron. That's quite the standard. So like – it's not clear to me here because ten years in, you're not an old man. Like he, you're he, he still was, an he all star in Denver. He was, he was an old. He was an old man. He was. It's 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 the reason why he. I mean, this was a man that was he smoking marijuana an, for He was smoking marijuana for medicinal reasons, and the league just wasn't having it at the time. Um, so no, I mean, the man's been dealing with a lot of pain. He's he stated as much. Um, sure, he, he was an all star in Denver. Right. And and an all star at 80-70%, which is fantastic. But he's um, playing with Carmelo Anthony. Who he's is playing... another guy who's another guy that maybe doesn't play well with others. I mean, when the ball goes to him, he becomes a bit of a black hole, Rudy Gay abyss. Right. So the point I'm trying yeah, but to make is when Chauncey Billups went he... to that team, that team went to the Western Conference Finals. And they were actually really good. They could have beaten the <clears> Lakers who <throat> ended up going to the finals. 
I still don't see how this relates to, so Allen Iverson, Philadelphia years, specifically the 2001 year. Um, yeah, I think if he had a better array of players around him, just, just anyone, like any marquee player um, that might have helped him win a championship. I mean, who's, who's to say? He was that good that he got him all the way to the finals. And yeah, he was up against a juggernaut Again, of uh, the LA Lakers, but he took game one. He didn't even were... want to accept. No, but hold on a second. He didn't like you're, you're kind of. I know you like that part of his career, and that's important. But the whole thing matters. Like you, even if his skill level declined a bit, his athleticism declined, declined a little bit as he got older and injured. He was still really good. But even when he maybe you could argue, oh, he wasn't the same. He didn't want to give up the ball. He didn't want to give up a starting position. He didn't. He didn't want to play. What the, he didn't want to be with the team the way he's supposed to be with the team. So, like, you can make him a Marty, you can celebrate that if you want, but he had the career he was going to have. The most compelling parts of your argument are that what if you add a couple other pieces? What other teams that you, what in the, in the 2001, what other situation was going to be? Like, if you want to Ray Allen, I just, I just, I just told you, give him Ray Allen, give him Reggie Miller. Yeah, give so him, there you go. Give so him a shooter. That's what I was saying. The most, the more compelling parts of you want to add in is like, yeah, if you start adding in these other players, then like, okay, maybe the, what they can steal a few more games. They can steal uh, three more games off of those Lakers or whatever, right? So yes. okay, it's a fair enough argument. So let's say Allen Iverson is going number one. Like, okay, let's say um, the lottery odds are different. Maybe it's Toronto. Maybe it's Vancouver. Maybe it's maybe it's Milwaukee. Like. Um, like, for example, you talk about Ray Allen. So, like, what happened there was uh, the fourth pick, Stefan Marbridge, um, was picked by the Bucks, but he was traded for the fifth pick, Ray Allen. Ray Allen was ended up at the Bucks. So, that year, if Allen Iverson was on the Bucks instead of in instead of Ray Allen, and he eventually got to play with uh, there was that I forget who those players were because that Bucks team actually did make a run. Um, it was Ray Allen. Um, uh, who when they made the finals? It was like Carl, um, George Carl was coaching the um, the Bucks, and then who did Ray Allen play with? Um, Vin Baker and Glenn Robinson. Glenn Robinson. Yeah, so the guy came. So okay, like that team was good. If mm-hmm. it was Ray, if it was um, what's his name, uh, Allen Iverson instead of Ray Allen on that team, with George Carl as coach, like in the East, right? Do you like different? So George Carl, George Carl had to deal with some pretty big personalities in in Seattle, you know. Right. Hothead Sean Kemp, hothead Gary Payne. Yeah, I mean, wow. Okay. Thank you. you yeah. Just, you just you just made my point for me. Yeah, I'm actually looking at the 2001 um, All Stars. I'm seeing okay. Ray Allen, Allen Houston, Stephen Marbury, Stackhouse, um, who are some other shooters? Um, da, da, da. Michael Finley, maybe. Um, McDice, Rashid Wallace. I mean, yeah, just give the guy some help in those early years. You just you just don't know. I'm in the business of doubt. I'm in the business of I don't okay. know. And we'll never know. So you can point to all the Denver Nugget teams that he was a part of later and how impactful he was. That's great. However, okay. um, his building years, his, his machismo years yeah. were those years that he was in his physical prime. 
He was bad boy Allen Iverson. He was winning league MVP. And okay. just just give him another thoroughbred. Give him another guy that can yeah. make a goddamn shot. And maybe Allen Iverson is uh, having a, a different career. Um, I think you've partially convinced me. Well, I'll tell you how. Jesus Christ. Because, hallelujah. Here we go, people. <laughs> I think because if he ends up in Milwaukee on that team, right, and they have a good run. And Larry Brown has been criticized by, like, you know, a few people, including, like, Jalen Rose, right? Jalen Rose doesn't really criticize that many people, but he criticizes Larry Brown. So that kind of counts for something in my book. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was criticized by Allen. Like, they didn't have a great relationship at the beginning. George Carl, like, Okay, in his later years, there was some stuff there. But George Carl was, a, you know, he got to the finals there with uh, Seattle. And he, you're right, he dealt with, he learned how to, he knew how to deal with, like, some strong personalities and Sean Kemp and Gary Payton. He might have been a great kind of um, stern figure that Allen might have needed. And maybe being in Milwaukee, even though maybe not being as fun as Philly, and also Philly's kind of close to home for him, too. Like, perhaps mm-hmm. getting him into a kind of a quieter area, just away from everything there in Milwaukee, it might have... It might have been like a, a good start for him. You know what I mean? So like the analogy there is like, I'm going to kind of throw on a, a fourth guy. Like what you talk about, we won't dive into him, but like Michael Beasley has been talked about how like he was super awesome. Like that year that I think it was the same year as Derek Rose in the draft. And like Beasley goes to Miami. He was like considered just a raw talent. And actually I think him and Kevin Durant go back a long way. And like um, Kevin Durant, spends his formative years in Oklahoma city and then Seattle. Like it's just quieter areas. It's like, he could just focus on his game, just no distractions. Alan Ar- and then Michael Beasley's in Miami, which I don't know if that's necessarily, if you're already a guy who like, you know, Beasley had well documented personal issues. And so being in Miami at that age on your own as a young adult, as a young NBA player may not be the best situation. So, oh, yeah. so for, for Alan Iverson, being in Milwaukee and you know, George Carl playing with these other pros, like, you know, Glenn Robinson and Vin Baker. And, um, maybe that would have been better. And who knows, you know, you wonder, eh, would Ray Allen have actually had, let's say that was actually Ray Allen in Philly. Like it, that's kind of a thing there. Like maybe Ray Allen doesn't have, I'm actually kind of convinced that Ray Allen wouldn't have nearly the career if that was, uh, the situation, you know, I well, think, and, uh, and, 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 yeah. and let me also, also pump up your tires with locker room guys. Maybe, Maybe Allen Iverson just needed that former troubled guy, you know. Maybe uh, I know Rick Mahorn wasn't in the league, but or John Sally, but you know, someone from that era who was still yeah. kind of kicking it in in late '90s um, that could have just been like, bro, you you can't have this entourage. Dress a little bit different. I know you want to be you, but trust me, like I'm, I'm helping you out here, kid. Right? That's a good point. Um, yeah. So maybe a locker room guy would have helped him as well. Um, well, it's just it's the corollary to what I was saying about Charles Oakley being there for young Vince, young T Mac. Yeah. Like, yeah, there was Vince no always Charles like, Oakley yeah. before. Yeah, Vince was always a mama's boy, and like that guy was never going to get in trouble, right? I mean, it was True. just like he he was he was he was he was a good kid. Tracy seemed like a good kid. Alvin Williams, you know, we know has turned into um, you know a, a, a fine human being, and and still with Toronto, um, not the team anymore, but but media. So. Yeah, I mean, we know that Toronto never had um, those problematic guys during Oakley's run, but yeah, maybe Iverson just just needed that that guy who kind of could relate to him, you know, a former badass, former former guy who, 
you know, can help steer them. Yeah, David, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think so. I mean, and just or just or even just if he had like a just like a just a guy who'd be like, yeah, this is come on, this is how we do it. We show up to early, we show up to practice. We do this. Just someone yeah. who commands respect, like. Jordan had, oh God, who was his name? Bill Cartwright, you know, just uh, showing him, right, like, this is how we be professional. Yeah. But uh, okay, man. Um, that's a nice debate about Alan. Okay. I'm, uh, I think, I think you pretty much 90% convinced me. I think, yeah, you know what? You convinced me. Okay, man. Um, I think that's good. Thanks, man. Thank you, Jason. Yeah. Catch you. Composition. Seen a lot of shame in the game.